This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Lord, we do just that this morning. Lord, we take our eyes off the cares of this world. Lord, and we look up to you. Jesus, we thank you that you're here this morning. God, I just sense that you're here in an unusual way. Lord, you so desperately want to meet with us. God, you want us to, to hear your heart. Lord, you want us to just push aside the distractions and the life challenges and pressures. And God, to turn our eyes to you. Jesus, you're our help. You're our helper. And I pray right now, Lord, for every person in this place, every person listening online, Lord, they just push aside everything else. Let it become dim. Father, that you would be the focus of this time together. Anoint our ears to hear what you're saying. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I don't know about you, but I could have just kept on worshiping. You know, there's nothing like the presence of God. I really, I really sense, you know, how the Lord speaks to us that, um, that this is a very special season for us as a church. And, you know, we kind of have our ideas and thoughts about a series and we put together our notes and God looks at those ideas and thoughts and he just kind of sneaks in from the side and says, that, that's, that's a real cute idea. But, you know, I, I want to do something a little bit above and beyond what you're thinking. And you know, as we started this series just last week, Journey of the Soul, I think that it's a, it's a, a prophetic word to us as a church family and that God's really speaking to every single one of us in a very unique way. And we talked last week about this whole idea of going up or stepping up. And I really believe that this is, this is a word for you, for me in this season, that we just, we just push aside the clutter, just like what we just sung. We just push it aside and we put our eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. He's got something for you. He's got something for me, for us in this season. And we decided to look at a portion of scripture during our time together. Um, there are these 15 Psalms right in the middle of the book, Psalms 120 through 134, and they're, they're called the Songs of Ascent, and every one of them start with this ascription in Hebrew that basically is the Songs of Ascent. And they're these, they're these psalms that were sung by the children of Israel for centuries. A lot like you and me, they went through a lot of challenges and a lot of trials. To be real honest, probably their life was a lot more difficult than ours. You think about their peasant lifestyle and barely scraping by. They would walk across the sun-parched desert for miles and miles and days to ascend up this hill to Jerusalem to 
Go to the temple and there were these three festivals that happened every year that would call all the people of God to, to the temple. And it was a time to just to stop the clutter, the busyness, to take your eyes off of the pressures and the challenges and the disappointments and the circumstances and to turn your eyes to Jesus, to, to go up the hill, to look up to God who is your helper. And we're going to look at that today, that God is our helper. And when we look at that word ascent, it, it simply just means to go up. And they did that in the natural. They went up the hill into Jerusalem and even the Levites, they would walk up the Nekonor steps, these 15 steps, and each one they would recite these Psalms. But even though they went up in the natural, there was a deeper principle or truth that God was putting into their heart. And that was to go up, to, to move forward, to leave behind and to transition to a place where God could meet you and where you could begin to receive from him his word, his promises, his presence. I don't know about you, but man, I need God more than I ever did before. As I look at what's going on in our world and the challenges that we're facing, as I think about the economic collapses and the wars that are taking place and the moral erosion and the pressures of life, it just, it just seems like things are unraveling. And this is really a pertinent word for us in this time and season to just say, God, we're going to go above that. We're going to soar above that. We're going to go up with you, God, and this is the big idea, to unlock your refreshing promises upon my soul. That we can thrive. That we can live a vibrant, healthy life. Jesus said that he came to give life and to give it to us more abundantly, or life to the full. And so that's a promise. Despite our circumstances, despite what you're facing, despite the confusion or the lack of clarity or the issues that are coming your way or the struggles that you're facing, this is the time where we say, I'm going to go up above those. I'm going to step into a new realm, a new dimension, and say, God, I need you. I need your presence. I need your promises. I need your word. I need faith. I need hope. I need peace. Come on. I can be victorious. I'm not a victim, and I'm going to triumph in this season in which we live. That's really what this series is all about. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to jump right into the Word. And I want to look at the next Psalm, Psalm 121, and I'm going to read it from the ES version. It's one of my new favorite translations. It says this. This is David, and David's speaking this. Now, just to give you some context here, he's speaking this in the midst of a battle. There's a lot of pressures that's coming his way. His life is at stake. Enemies are trying to come in, and it's wherever he wrote this, whether he was in his tent or up on a hill in the night, he began to pen these thoughts as he thought about the pressures of his life, and he said this. He said, I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I love this guy's faith, his proclamation in the midst of his circumstance. He's just come and say, no, I, my help comes from the Lord. 
He's the one who made heaven and earth. And he goes on, he says, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. God's speaking to someone this morning, that very thought. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. What a faith-building portion of Scripture. What God's really saying to this is this. I want to be your helper. I want to help you. I'm pretty good at it. I've been doing it a long time. No matter what you're facing, listen, I'm there. I've got the answers. I've got the anointing. I've got the power. I can help you. I want to be your helper. But the challenge that we face, if we're real honest, every single one of us that, that, that's in this room, we, we, we have this, this major flaw in our life. We actually think that we can do everything on our own. Isn't that true? I mean, come on. Now, the older you get, maybe the less you think this way because you haven't been beat up enough by life right? Come on. But even as you get older, you kind of get this idea like, yeah, I got it covered. Got this one. Hey, don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. I mean, you remember raising your children. I remember some of the first words that my kids spoke was, no, daddy, I do it. I do it. Anybody have kids where they say that? I do it. I, now, you didn't train them that. I mean, intrinsic to, this na- to their nature is this idea that somehow, someway, they've got it all figured out at two years old. I do it. I do it. And, and, you know, this was a problem in my life growing up. I, I remember when I was six years old, it was Christmas Eve morning, I got the coolest new bike. And all day long, my dad was teaching me how to uh, take this bike around, and we had the training wheels off, and it had these big mirrors and the sissy bar, and it was real cool. And we were going around the driveway and the patio, and I was circling around, and I had this idea. I got it. I do it, right? I, I got it. And so when my dad went inside, I had this, this idea that I was going to circle the block, right? Because obviously I got this thing covered. And so little did I know that both ways on the parallel streets, there were these very steep hills. And I had learned how to stop the bike with my feet, but my dad never taught me about how to push back on the pedal to brake, you know? Didn't need it in the patio. You just put your feet out and you skid and you stop. And so I pedaled up to the top of the hill, went down Agnes and turned down to go 27. I just, I can still remember kind of, I mean, just sitting on that bike, looking at this hill, just going, I got it. I do it, right? And I took off down that hill. About halfway down the hill, I realized, man, I'm catching some momentum. And I'm realizing, man, I'm probably pushing 20 miles an hour. There's a stop sign at the bottom of the hill, a busy road that's going by. And, and so I'm just, I, I, I put my feet down like I did in the patio thinking that I could stop this, this explosive 
momentous force, this 45-pound little kid going down the street. I could just put my feet out and just kind of and slow down, right? Not so. And the closer I got to the stop sign, I can still remember to this day, considering my options, I could shoot straight through the busy intersection and kind of level out there at the risk of hitting a car. And this is like 10, 9, 8, 7. I mean, I'm getting close. And I decided to, to go to option B, and that was to delicately place my bike into the back of a parked car. And so I did that. I thought, well, you know, the, the pain of hitting a parked one sounds better than getting hit by a moving one. And so, wham, bam, I hit the back, tweaked my whole bike. My whole side of my face was just messed up, hit the ground, crying, I had to push my bike the whole way home with the wobbled wheel and, you know, and, and so if you see our Christmas pictures from that year, everybody's facing forward except for Marco, they used to call me, in my red and blue velour, turning sideways because the right side of my face was all kicked in and scabbed up. And so I just thought, I do it, I do it. We get into our teenage years and we think we got it figured out on the dating scene, getting a job, school, got it all figured out. Dad, hey, you know, I got the girlfriend, boyfriend thing figured out. And we think that somehow we grow up, but you know, us guys, ladies, we never got it figured out. Come on, hashtag no maps, right guys? I mean, just kind of like, hey, I don't need a map, GPS, forget, I got it, I, I got to figure it out, right? I know where we're going. You drive around five or six times. Here's the reality, is we all need help. Listen, God created you to be needy. You need love, you need relationship, you need hope, you need peace, you need faith, you need water, you need food, you need air. I mean, everything about you says that you have needs in your life. God made you that way. He made you needy so that you would turn to him. I'll say that again. God made you needy so that you would turn to him. And when David said, where does my help come from? That word help simply means to give assistance and support to another in need. When David said, where does my help come from? He says that there's a divine assistance. God himself comes to bring you advice, support, counsel, encouragement, peace, hope, direction, guidance, whatever you put in the blank. I need blank. He is that for you. That's who God is. That's what David is trying to communicate to us in this psalm. And so he asked this question, where does my help come from? And he starts with this thought. He says, I look to the hills. David was looking to the hills, to the mountains in his time of need. And if you go throughout scripture, you'll find that the, this idea of mountains or hills are mentioned over 500 times in the Bible. It's a, it's a pretty significant concept. And when you think of this idea of mountains in the Bible, you find that it really portrays two different kinds of symbolic ideas. One is obstacles in our life, mountains in front of us, things that seem to be gargantuous, 
But it also represents a place where you have a special encounter with God, like Mount Sinai with Moses or Mount Zion, or even you look at the Sermon on the Mount with Jesus as he called them up to the mountain. And you look throughout scripture, there was this sacred place, if you will, this high place where you would go. Even different religions, they had idols and those idols were placed in high places. You see that throughout scripture, high places, because it was this idea that you would go up with God. And what David is really saying here, when he says, I look to the hills, he's, he's really saying this, I lift up my eyes beyond my earthly obstacles to look to the only person that can help me in my point of need. He starts by just saying, listen, if you have a need, look up. Look up, don't just go up, look up. Lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes. And again, our challenge is, is that we have needs every day, all day, and we seem to lean to everything. I don't know why we do this, but we lean to so many other things other than God. We're joking uh, before the service or during worship, and Dylan has this word, and we're, we're talking about Google. And again, that's usually what you do during worship. Um, but the idea that, like, if you got a problem, I mean, Google's our new techno god. I mean, just kind of Google it, right? Just go Google it. And so we, we, we have these these needs in our life. And so if we kind of need help, we go to a coach for our fitness or a doctor for our sickness. And if we need some kind of advice, we might go to a coach of support or a support group for accountability. Even with some of the insecurities and voids in our life, we might go to some kind of addiction or a, a drug or alcohol or something to fill a void or to help us with a hurt or pain. Maybe we're lonely and we, we lean into this idea of sex outside of marriage. Somehow, some way, that's going to fill a void because we have a need. David is saying this. Lift your eyes to the hill. Let me ask you a question. We're just going to put a pause here for a second. Let, let me just ask you a real honest question. Where does your help come from? When you're facing a need, think of the most current situation. Who did you turn to? Who did you depend on? Who did you ask to help you? David's, David's given us a real key to Christian life here. He says, where does my help come from? He says this, my help comes from the Lord. There's no comma there. There's no added. He, it's just one. It's God. He's my help. Period. And he goes on and he talks about this whole idea of help. And he, he's wanting us to understand because he says that he's made the heaven and earth. He's trying to say, listen, this is God that made everything out of nothing. He is all powerful. He's all knowing. He knows everything. He has everything within his hand. Why wouldn't you turn to him? It's not just the Lord's my help, but he made all of this. I mean, think of the stars and think of the skies and the mountains and the, 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 the fields and the, the flowers and think of your body. He says, he made all of that. Why not turn to him? Why not turn to him in the midst of your situation? I love the scripture in Psalm 139. David talks about our body, our life, our connection with God. And he, he says this, Psalms 139, verses 1 through 6 in the NLT. And it helps us to understand that he knows exactly what you need 
when you need it, why you need it, and before you need it. Listen to this. He says, oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. I love that because God is already helping you even when you're not asking for it or thinking that you need help. He says, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it. Lord, you go before me and follow me. I love that. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. We live in this self-help culture, self-help, self-awareness, self-improvement, self-serve. Why not go to him for your help? Listen, listen this morning, if, if your marriage is struggling, how much longer are you going to struggle until you turn to him? Both of you, not just one of you, both of you. Guys, I'm speaking to you. He's your help. There is more in this book when it comes to relational truths. I, I, I guarantee you that if you put his truths, you turn to him for help, he'll heal your marriage. You're struggling financially. There's some challenges maybe that you're facing with this idea of giving or tithing or stewardship or budget. I don't make enough to budget. I hear that all the time. You will never make enough to budget if you think that way. You go to his principles, what you will find when you go to the Lord for help, he will help you live a life of fullness, surplus, blessing, multiplication. Why? Because it's true. Maybe it's your emotional. Maybe you're going through some emotional challenges. Again, he's going to give you all of the compassion that you need. Health challenges. I mean, God is a God that heals. Life decisions. He created wisdom. He is wisdom. Where do I go for my help? I go to the Lord. You know, when you're drowning, you just have to remember that your lifeguard walks on water. Nothing's impossible for him. And then David comes back and he, he puts our focus and our eyes on him. He says, okay, where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. If you go up, if you put him as your focus, you'll begin to watch things unfold in your life. And he, he leans now to the second part of the Psalms and he, he gives us these, these three thoughts, these three tips or secrets, if you will, that if we put him as our helper, these are the three things that we can inherit in our life. And I want you to catch these this morning because I believe that God's gonna speak to a couple of you this morning in this area or in one of these areas. The first thing you see as you read this scripture is that God helps me to stand strong. Verse three, it says, he will not let your foot be moved. Another translation says, he will not let your foot slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. 
A lot of you would know that, that my wife and I, we, we uh, have two developmentally disabled boys, Kyle and Aaron. And uh, I love Kyle's stories because he really brings out, and Aaron's stories, because they bring out the fullness of life. Well, Kyle's a, a pretty fast runner. I mean, he, he runs faster than probably any of you in here, including Josh Mason. He, he runs faster than everybody. I mean, he's just a fast, fast young man. And uh, just a couple of years ago, 2012, when the Olympics were happening, Kyle was in Special Olympics and ended up uh, winning the state 100-meter uh, dash. And there was a seven-time champion for seven years. He beat this guy, and he, he went on to go to the Western Regionals. And out of all of the Western United States, they picked eight young men to participate in the Olympic trials down at Hayward Field. And they were sponsored by Nike. And so Kyle got all of this Nike gear and Nike uh, warm-up suits and outfits and shoes. And, but out of all of those things, the thing that fascinated him the most was his spike track shoes. He loved these spike shoes. I mean, it was, he, he, when he brought them home from the first time from a Special Olympics, he goes, Dad, Dad, spikes, lightning fast, Dad, spikes, lightning fast. And everywhere he'd go, God, spikes, spikes, lightning fast. He brought them to church. Some of you probably showed or probably hit you on the back of the head with them, you know. Spikes, lightning fast. I mean, he'd want to wear them in the house on the hardwood. He'd want to run up the street. He'd wear them to the store. I mean, you could just hear it going, Kyle, Kyle, please, you're going to ruin. No, Dad, spikes, lightning fast, spikes, lightning fast. Remember one time he's, we're driving down the road and he's got his feet out of the back uh, window in the car so everybody driving by could see his spikes. I mean, they were very special to him. The spikes were created to make sure that every step that he took, he wouldn't slip. This, this is really what David's saying right here. Guys, spikes, lightning fast. That God is going to give you some Holy Spirit spikes. He will not let your feet slip. Man, that's, that's, a, that's a word for some people here this morning. I think of my world and my life, and you know, we're, we're in the, the, the middle of a, a beautiful transition, and things are going so fabulous, but I wake up every morning, literally every morning, and I think about the legend Brother Dick Iverson, 44 years, touched the globe, touched the world, pastor of this church, and then I think of Dr. Damasio, Pastor Frank Damasio, 23 years of, of leading this church, and all the books, and I just, I just pray. I say, God, spikes lightning fast. I mean, it's just like, man, don't let me slip. God, come on, you promise me. You promise me, God, that when I step, I'm not gonna slip. And he, he brings this added piece to it. And I, th I think that this is, this is a word for some people here this morning. He not only says that he will keep your feet from slipping, but he says this, he won't get tired or he won't slumber. And I thought about that. I thought, I bet you there's some people here, and as I was praying, I really felt this. There's some people that have been slipping for a long time. 
that maybe in your world, in your life, you keep going back, Lord, help me, and you fall. It might be an addiction, pornography, lust, greed, pride, depression, resentment, whatever it is. You say, God, help me, and you go in, and he helps you, but you find that you slip. And here's the word that I had for you this morning. He never gets tired of helping you again. Wherever you're at, whatever you're facing, no matter how many times you slip, he is telling you this morning, I never get tired of helping you. I feel feel quickened this morning again. If that's you, just, just... I'm going to stop and pray for a second because I really feel that this is, this is something for some people here. And I know that this is an awkward step. I don't know what it is, but just, just lift your hand and say, I don't want to slip anymore. Thank you. Come on, just put your hand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, this is what church is all about. Come on, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. Do me a favor, bow your head. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you for this promise right here. Lord, you said that you would help us, that our foot would not be moved, that you never get tired, you don't slumber. Lord, I pray for every person right now, whatever they're facing, however they're slipping, that today you give them the strength. Father, you come and remind them again that they can go to you over and over again. And Lord, I'm believing you that today, Lord, that you will move on their behalf in their situation. Lord God, that you would just come. Lord, just come and visit them. Give them whatever they need to never slip again. God, I believe you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. I believe that for you this morning if you raised your hand. Come on, you, your foot will not be moved. You start feeling, I just encourage you just to say, God, spike lightning fast. Jesus, help me with that, Lord. Here, here's the second thing David says. Not only will we stand strong, but if we go to him as our helper, he promises thus, that God will help us to stay safe. Again, there, there, there's some people that are hearing my voice this morning that feel very vulnerable. Things have happened, life happened. I was talking with one lady, Dylan and I, just uh, I believe it was two days ago at a, at a uh, restaurant and just began to talk to her about her situation and she was so scared to go back to God. She was so mad because of her circumstances. I thought, man, we don't, we don't want to communicate that, but so often we don't feel safe. We may not even tell our spouse. We might even, not even tell our pastor, people around us. We get to this place where we don't feel safe. And David goes on, verse 5 and 6, and he says this, The Lord is your keeper. Now listen, you'll, you'll find this show up six times in this psalm, the word keeper, keeper. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day or, nor by the, or the moon by night. And that word keep, it's, it's a Hebrew word, shamar, and it has this sense of divine guarding. And when you really look at this word as it shows up throughout the Old Testament, you find it implies that God is a, an ever-present, 
never slacking, always focused, supernatural guard who never dozes off, period, ever. He's always there. He's always guarding you. Even when you're not asking for it, even when you're doing dumb things, he's guarding you. He's there. He's watching over you. He never leaves. He never forsakes you. Never, ever. You might think again that you got it all figured out and maybe even you're far from God or maybe there's some people that haven't even turned to God for for a long time. He's still with you despite you're not looking to him. A couple of days ago, we were out at uh, kids camp and um, I think we have the absolute best children's ministry workers on planet earth. Let me just say that on the record. 450 kids, and we were out there goofing around, and um, Pastor Dylan came out with his, uh, with his son, Avery. Avery, by the way, if you've ever had a chance to meet Avery, he's an 18-month, I call him the Australian whirlwind. You can just call him A.W. for short. I mean, this kid is every, he, he was over at the house the other day. I mean, every cupboard, everything wants to pull down, break it, hit this, open that, throw this, scream about this. I mean, just constant, just like his dad. That's so true. I'm not even kidding. But he, he, thought he, had, he, he thought that he had everything under his control, right? And it was awesome because we're having this conversation and Dylan is totally engaged in this conversation, but he's ever present with what his son's doing. So go, hey, what's going on? So he goes, wait, wait, just say, he's getting ready to jump off this side of this little thing where these steps are. No, Avery, come here. He turns around, he goes, takes off this way, right? And he gets back to our conversation. As soon as he gets to a place of danger, he goes, no, 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 son, come on over here. Don't touch that. Okay, pushes him this way. And then he talks a little bit more. And then Avery wants to jump up on top of the table. No, son, come down here. And he just kind of has this conversation. And it's, I think that that's what God does with us. He's not trying to hurt you. He's just trying to, he goes, no, 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 don't do that. Don't, I don't like that little thing. Come over, turn over here. Okay, great. And he goes back to fixing Iraq or something. And then he comes over here. Well, no, no, wait a minute. And he comes over here and there's a little ISIS problem or something, you know, and he's just, he's all, he's going, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. It's just okay. I just love you. It's okay. Just good. Here's a little help. Okay, let's go over here. And ever present, never slacking, always focused, never dozing off God for you. He will keep you safe. David uses this, and again, I, I, just, felt, I just felt quickened to this thought where, where it says that the Lord is your shade on your right hand. So begin to just think about shade in the Bible. It always illustrates God's protection. Psalm, one, excuse me, Psalm 91, where it talks about those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So you see this idea of protection. And he says that he'll give you shade on your right arm. That's, why not your left toe? I mean, why not like your whole life? What's, what's with the, the right arm idea? And I just begin to think about it again. It, on one sense, it kind of shows a sense of closeness that God is by your right side. But as you begin to read some of the commentaries, you find that this, this thought of right side was the most vulnerable part of battle because it needed, 
It needed to be free to fight. Therefore, it was uncovered. I thought about that and I thought, you know, there's some people that have weak, vulnerable areas where the Lord says to you this morning, where you're weakest, I'm the closest. He comes to bring you protection and shade in the area that you struggle or hurt the most. That, that painful area, something from your childhood, an abuse situation, an offense, a divorce that happened and you just haven't been able to recover. So whatever that broken, vulnerable, weak, hard part where it has the big neon question mark, he says, that's come the closest. I bring shade. I bring protection over that area. And then he promises us that he'll keep us from the scorching sun. And back then, again, sun was life or death. I mean, you, you, if you were in the sun, you could die. He comes to help you in those life and death situations. And he goes on and he says this, nor by the moon by night. And here, here's what I thought too. And again, just a quickened thought for someone here this morning. Sometimes our night times can be the loneliest, tormenting times. Let's pray through this scripture this morning. And I felt like the Lord said this, that there's people that have struggled with nightmares. And you haven't talked to anybody about it. And it seems like night rolls around, it starts all over again. Fear begins to grip you. There's a word for you this morning from God himself. I come to cover you in your life, even in the moon by night. God wants to keep us safe. He wants to protect you. Listen, I understand that in life that stuff happens. I mean, we, we live in a fallen, broken world. Well, where was God when my child died? Or where was God when Pastor Jack passed away with ALS? Where was God when? I mean, those are real honest questions. God, why? The reality is that we, we just we live in a fallen world, a broken world. Bad things do happen to good people. But even in the midst of those situations, what God's saying is even in the midst of your trial, your tragedy, we bought into this American lie that happiness is equated by a stress-free, trial-free, tragedy-free life. It's not reality. Stuff happens. I always say definition of Christianity is you get beat up and get to go to heaven. Life happens. It's hard. That's what God's saying. Even in the midst of that, I'm right beside you. Well, you don't know my pain. He knows your pain. He actually went to the cross and died for it. He took on everyone's 
pain and tragedy. Everyone's sickness. If you want to talk, he, he understands pain. He understands suffering. He understands betrayal. He understands people being against him. He understands being beaten and torn. He understands all, and he just comes and he says, I get it, I understand it, but just go up. Rise up. Put your eyes, lift them to the hills. Your help comes from the Lord. He'll keep you safe. He'll keep you strong. And lastly, he'll keep you secure. He'll keep you secure. God helps us to be secure. David finishes, it says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. Here are these Shamar, again, the guarding, the divine guard word. He says it three times in these two verses. He will shamar you. He will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth, and I love this, and forevermore. Forevermore. He'll keep you secure. And again, I just felt in this particular scripture this morning as he talks about keeping us from evil, it's the evil that he's speaking about here are, are things of danger and harm that may derail your life and journey. He's not referring to willful acts of sin or immoral behavior. He's not talking about that. But even if you do that, if you turn to him, he comes to help you in the midst of that to get it better. He gives you the grace for that. But, but I, just, I just thought about, you know, again, Areas that we've struggled with, sinful behaviors that we have, if we would just this morning put them at his feet and look up, he'll come in, he'll help you, because he's our helper forevermore. I'm going to ask the band to come to the platform. And I want to do something this morning. Because I really sense from, from, from early morning hours of praying, I felt it talking with Mark Jones this morning in our pre-service huddle, even Dylan getting up, even not having the conversation. I really feel God wants to do something. I believe that God wants to take all of us up. He's calling us as a family, to go up. And I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. And I want you to just, just settle in just for a second. Close your eyes and bow your head. And again, this, I'm just gonna ask you just to, to stick around here. Please don't slip out. This is actually part of the service. I really, really feel the Lord wants to touch every person. But just bow your head for a moment. Lord, as we conclude our time together here this morning, Lord, I pray, God, for us as a church family. Lord, that you would remind us this week to go up. Lord, every situation, we would just turn to you and, Lord, we would just say, my help comes from the Lord. God, you're going to help us. God, I believe that you're going to strengthen us. God, you're going to increase your influence and significance upon our lives and 
our family, our marriage, our neighborhoods, our workplace, our city, our nation, and our world. God, let us be known as a people that go up. Lord, that ascend the hill to find our help from the Lord. God, we give you that glory. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus one more time. It's awesome. Hallelujah.